Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you again today. You know, I've been doing a series of bonuses on the Equipped to Be podcast, and I decided instead of them being bonuses, I'm just going to make them a regular episode. And so today I'm going to talk to you about hope in crises. You know, I've watched the world flip upside down, just like you, in a matter of weeks. One day, I am at the animal kingdom with a friend, and we're running around, having a great time. I finally was able to watch the, or ride the Avatar ride at Animal Kingdom, something I haven't been able to do for years, because the line is always so long. I was super excited, because I was able to see, or and experience that ride. Life was really good. It really was. And throughout the course of that day, text messages started coming in and graduations were canceled. Universities were making all of their fall semester courses uh, online. All end of year opportunities, activities, sports were gone in a matter of weeks. Well, when I left Animal Kingdom on that one day in mid-March, it was just a matter of days before Walt Disney World and Universal and SeaWorld and pretty much the world, uh, at least in America, shut down. You know, we've never really seen anything like that happen before, have we? I rarely have seen Walt Disney World close. I mean, they close sometimes uh, because of a hurricane uh, but it's nothing, Just it's just a short bit of time. But no, I mean, I drive through my city and it's a, it's a ghost town, you know, because I live in the Orlando area. And so wherever you are, you may be experiencing extreme changes or just minor changes. I've been doing a lot of podcasts for other uh, shows as well as interviews, and I was doing a a Facebook Live yesterday for a company, and I just kept coming to mind this this sense of hope. There is an underlying fear, right? We've been we've watched what's been happening in our cities and in our states and in our country, and we started off with a sense of confusion. You know, we would go to bed one night and we would wake up the next morning only to learn that something else had shut down or changed or skyrocketed. You know, we were allowed to do something, but you shouldn't do it. But if you have to do it, you can do it, but you really shouldn't do it. Just confusion was was the order of the day. And then I watched fear. Because in confusion, people can become fearful. There's a lack of clarity. We would tune in every day to those news briefings. In many ways, it's what I do, like I live here in Florida, when we are notified that a hurricane is on its way. 
you're usually checking the news twice a day when they give the new models and the predictions. And it's very similar to what we were watching in the beginning of this strange time that we're living in, where we would watch the models of what, how bad things were going to be and what it would take to uh, level things out. Fear was running rampant. And then there was panic. What if we run out of toilet paper? I mean, those of you, my friends, <laughs> if you watch, if you watch uh, social media, some of the memes have been hilarious as far as toilet paper. That's probably going to be the defining characteristic of the stage that we're living in is the rush on toilet paper. And I, you know, I, I, now I'm seeing memes about, has anybody run out <laughs> or did they, did they get what they needed? I've watched people try to deal with our current situation with levity, and then they get berated for making light. Or they're somber and solemn, and they're shamed for being so disheartened. That part troubles me. We, you know, we've watched the stock market just plummet. I know many friends, personally, they were a year or two, maybe three, from retiring, and they're recalculating now. When, when, I, when will I retire now? Or will I ever retire? So we watch it fall, and then it would rise, and then it would fall, and then it would rise. And I actually think this is going to be a normal for a while. I mean, the stock market's usually doing that anyway, but not to this degree. I've known people who, when it hit its low, low, they had the, they had the assets, and they just poured a bunch into some what they felt were safe. Uh, stocks and investments, and they made a killing when it came back up. I've watched people protest. Protest some of the governors, some of the restrictions and requirements. Pushback, frustration, even anger. Because this is so uncharted territory, and everyone is, is on edge. Now, my family, my, my family being Tom and I, you know, we, we work from home. I, he, he's always working from home. He doesn't travel in his job. But I travel oh, probably for half of a year uh, is my busy speaking season. And in a matter of a day, mine was wiped out. You know, conferences just started dropping. And I understand that. But Tom and I primarily work from home. So the stay in place hasn't really been a huge issue for us other than it just gets old. But people who aren't used to that kind of lifestyle, you know, when I homeschooled, the kids were all here. I mean, it was just normal. We, we did life together all the time. We schooled together. We, we cooked together. We ate together. We went to sports together. Uh, we worked out of the same place. So it, it really isn't much different but see, that's just like our family. But for you and millions like you, that isn't the same. You went from a very busy morning where you were getting up and trying to dash here and there and get everything done. You went from that to stop, not only stop and work from home and learn teleconferencing and tele Zoom meetings and all the others to your kids now being home. And you're somehow having to school them. And I'm telling you, you've seen a lot of news, and there has been a lot of news about this. Homeschooling, the way I did it, is very, very different. 
from, I call it pandemic schooling or schooling at home. It's not the same. My kids were used to having me as their teacher. They were used to me writing the lesson plans. They were used to our schedule and our rhythm and our routine. I've done many media interview for uh, national stations, just talking about how do you do this? How, how do you manage when you're thrown into the midst of something you just don't know how to do? And then how do you do it well? Which causes the kids to get frustrated because they're used to their teacher and their rhythm and their routine. And, and how does mom do it when she feels ill-equipped? And then that teacher, you know, the teacher that used to have a classroom of so many students, her children, let's say, were in somebody else's class. She's now, or he is now at home, and they're having to learn using online teaching. But she's also, or he's also having to teach his own kids. It's a recipe for utter chaos and frustration and meltdowns. And... I've watched all this shaming and uncertainty over what's, what are we doing next? It's not the same as confusion that we had in the beginning. There's confusion about what the next steps were going to be or what's safe, but it's, it's now more frustration. I see all the people posting um, questions about, will you go out when your stay-at-home order lifts? Many people are saying, no, I'm staying home because of why? Well, they're still afraid. Or some of my friends have elderly parents to still take care of. And they're concerned if they go out that they're going to bring something back to mom and, you know, their mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, and then they're going to get sick. So there's still real problems, real crisis. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, we're in this crisis. And it is gripping our country. But what is happening in my home is not happening in yours. And what you're facing is not happening to me. And so I've said this before, my panic is not your panic and your panic is not my panic. That is not a case of rah, what will be, will be type of statement. It's the realization that we are all walking through a trial, but it is not exactly the same trial. But there's hope. Because one thing I hear over and over is that we are in this together. You know, that, that hashtag, alone together? And that has just really made me pause. Is that really true? Are we alone together? Or are we alone? Oftentimes when we get ready for a hurricane, we stand by our televisions, much like we've done with this pandemic. We wonder if is it coming or not? Will it turn or will it take aim? We wait, we hunker down, we pray, we watch those elusive models. And all we can do is wait and pray. See, we can't plan or control the storm. This current situation that we're living in, we didn't know. There was no way to know that this was going to happen at this time in our life. And we certainly can't control it. Um, They have done mitigation across the country, and it has some results, but it really isn't controllable, is it? Because we can only control how we respond and react, and that's true of this storm. I can't control if a hurricane comes, if it slows down, if it turns, if it strengthens, if it weakens. I have absolutely no control of that. 
But what I do have control over is how I react and how I respond and how I prepare. So let's look at Proverbs 16, 9. The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. We've seen that. We've seen that. People prepare differently. People have different plans. We see that in the news all the time. People have differing opinions as to what is the best way or the, or the easiest way or the right way to handle something. And it could be right or it could be wrong. But when we are trusting the Lord and we know, hey, we have made our plans. I can tell you, there was no one in 2020, January 1st, 2020, who thought this would be the defining moment in our history. Nobody thought that. This was going to be an exciting, wonderful decade. The stock markets were up. The economy was roaring. Housing People were getting into homes and they were saving money and it was really amazing. In a blink of an eye, we have over 30 million as the, as the date of this uh, recording, 30 million without jobs. And when I said we may be in the same crisis, but we're not experiencing the same thing. People have said we're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. I say we're in the same crisis, but we're not facing the same storm. Why do, why? Well, if you live in New York City, for example, as it relates to like a hurricane, they're getting the eye of the storm. They're getting the worst of the worst. However, if you're in South Dakota, North Dakota, you're getting wind gusts. It's not the same experience. So, Every one of us is in a different place. But all of us are called not to be afraid. God says, fear not, for I am with you. But this has some exciting points I want to bring to you. And this is, I guess, one of my more not-so-happy, lively, but just a conversation between us. Some things I want you to consider We are living through the greatest disruption in history. And with disruption comes innovation. It always does. The exciting part, if you want to hear me get excited, is this. We are witnessing it. We are witnessing innovation like we've never seen. Restaurants have closed. They pivoted. And they're focusing on takeout. People who were, you know, say the medical community that were in the hospitals, somebody came up with an idea. Let's get restaurants to make food and we'll take it to those uh, hospital workers. And they can buy it from those restauranteurs because those hospital employees aren't getting out. And the cafe, you know, we know how restu- what, how uh, hospital food tastes. That person, I watched this story of this one woman. It was a, a wonderful idea. She started it on Monday. By Friday, she had like 700 orders. See, disruption always leads to innovation. There is an opportunity just waiting for someone to realize a problem that didn't exist six weeks ago. It's a problem, and they come up with a solution. It could be you. That's how Amazon was birthed. That's how Uber. That's how Facebook. That's how 
so many companies have come along. There was a gap or a need. Somebody discovered it. Somebody figured out how to solve that problem. And then they got it to market. So what should you do? One of the things I keep thinking about, and I want to challenge you with, and I ask myself this all the time, what will my children, my, what will my children say to my grandkids when they say, how did grandma and grandpa navigate the 2020 pandemic? The great disruption. Were they fearful? Did they cower? Or were they faithful? Did they take bold steps and try something different? Did they pivot because the world changed? Did they see an opportunity and suddenly adjust? Or did they sit around and wait for things to get back to normal? Which I'm not sure we'll ever have that kind of normal again. We didn't after 9-11. And I think there will be things that don't return to the normal as we knew it six in mid-March of 2020. So what should we do? Well, John 16, 33. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In the world, in this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Well, how? How do we do this? Well, it first ha- we first have to be in him. Our, our peace comes from God. We can try to muster it for a while, but ultimately our peace comes from the Lord. How do we actually, how do we do this? Well, we remain steadfast. In Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, the steadfast mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have, ever, we have an everlasting rock. There was recently a, a young mama that I know has three children, and one of her children was around six years old. She's normally a pretty compliant child, happy-go-lucky, go with the flow, and she really started acting up or acting out. Now, the mom had a good mind to do what most of us mothers do, and that is to teach that child what is acceptable and not acceptable. Hey, sweetie, you may not hit your brother. You may not throw your cereal on the floor. You can't throw a temper tantrum and kick things or throw your toys or whatever it is. You know, we have, this is a young child. She's like six years old. So this mom really was faced with a decision. And that decision was to teach and correct or to try something different. So what she did is she sat down. She swooped up that little girl in her arms, just held her, put her head on her shoulder, and just kind of started scratching her back. You know that gentle way you do with a child, just very gently scratching their back. Her daughter was just clinging to her mom, and her mom just whispered, it's going to be okay, sweetie. What's wrong? And her daughter just burst into tears. She was crying. She was just crying and sobbing because she can't go to grandma and grandpa's and spend the weekend like she's used to doing. And grandma hasn't been able to come and play with her. She hasn't been able to have play dates with her cousin that they have every week. She hasn't been able to go to church and be with her friends. And that birthday party that was coming up that they had, she and her mom had worked so hard to plan, 
those party favors and decorations were sitting on the countertop for the party that wasn't. Now, to you and I, because we're adults, you know, we could be thinking, ah, you know what, sweetie, it's just, it's not a big deal. This is just a little blip. We're, we'll all get back to normal a little bit. We can, we can talk ourselves through this. But a six-year-old, they don't understand. And they're grieving what they lost. Now, to you and I, that's not significant. You're grieving other things. But to that six-year-old, it was everything. And it was that wise mama who wanted to show her the hope that is in the crisis. Wanted to show her grace and love because that's what she needed. She took the time to pause and let her daughter just cry. John 14.1 says, don't let your heart be troubled. That doesn't mean you're not going to have the feels. It doesn't mean you're not going to experience frustration or sadness or disappointment or anger. It doesn't mean you're not going to be afraid or get anxious or feel stressed. The key to that verse is don't let. So when it comes, you can stay there which is not healthy or wise, or you take those thoughts captive. You acknowledge the feelings that you're feeling. Get it out. Give it a name. I'm frustrated because my children, now for me, my grown children, some of my grown children were gainfully employed, and now they are not because they were entrepreneurs. I have friends that they've lost a lot. I have friends that are literally battling COVID as we speak. I've had five people that I personally know get the virus. I know how awful it is. I also know many more people that are dealing with losing everything because the input of money, the incoming of income has come to zero. But what do we do? So we remain steadfast, and we stand on the truth. We've got to take our thoughts captive. God has always been faithful, and he will remain faithful. With God's help, you can make it through all the difficult trials you're going to face. See, God tells us that we're going to have storms and trials. They're going to come. But see, he's overcome them all. See, that's where our faith gets tested. And that's also where we have to rest. God isn't always, he's just not always going to calm the storm. But I can promise you this, he will be there with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not just standing by watching it all happen. He's, he's actively involved if you let him be. You know, crises can absolutely overwhelm us. I tell you what, our resolve, our constitution can be challenged. Our limits can be pushed. And I, I know like with a hurricane, hurricanes, though we know the season that they can come, they're never convenient. And we have nothing that we can do about them. But your attitude, your mindset that you established before, like that morning when you wake up and you get out of bed, 
you establish where your thoughts are going to be today and that God, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my assignment. And I want you to help me be flexible enough with the twists and turns that I might face today, the attitudes of my children, the edginess maybe of my spouse if you're married, the stress that I might personally feel as a mom or as a wife, the demands of trying to figure out how to keep it all going while everything is like trudging through the mud, but seize this moment in history, seize it. Because you get to create defining moments with your children right now. Look for them. Talk about them. Teach your children to trust the one who controls it all. Teach them how to take action. Teach them that it's okay to talk about how they feel. Remember when I said disruption always leads to innovation? Paint a picture of the possibilities that you, your family, your child could do during this time of uncertainty. Maybe it's start a new business. Maybe it's pivot what you were doing to another sector where there's a void. Some of you are seamstress. I've watched so many women and men, they have scraps of fabric from all the different craft projects they've done over the years, and now they're making masks for their friends or their church family. There are so many opportunities Brand new, brand new jobs are being created. Jobs that we haven't even realized are needed yet. But maybe you will fill that gap. Maybe your child, your teenager, your young adult, maybe your middle schooler will fill that gap. But I want you to seize this moment in history. See, there is hope in the middle of crises. If you aren't dealing with total upheaval with this current situation, That's okay. Great. That may mean you have the opportunity to serve or bless others that might be. I've seen people so generous. They haven't been impacted, but they know others that have, and they've given, and they've given abundantly to them. I've seen it. I've seen how when I lost everything and like my, my work, all of my speaking and all my contracts got canceled and lost, you know, lost a lot of money because not only were my contracts canceled, but all my traveling expenses that I had already put out, well, those didn't get refunded. Well, at the same time, my husband completed his last project and we're kind of looking at each other and I'm going, are we going to be okay? See, I had the feelings. I got anxious. I got concerned. I, need, I needed some reassurance that, hey, it's all going to be okay. And I've watched how God has provided. I've watched how my artistic entrepreneur daughter, who couldn't work anymore, pivoted. She totally pivoted her business to find a way to make it work. And that's what you have the opportunity to do. So don't get restless. Don't get weary. Don't lose hope. and Don't be full of despair. Ask the Lord for wisdom and discernment. He gives it generously and abundantly. Ask the Lord for, to help you find the joy, to be grateful for what is like right in front of you today. Maybe you, maybe you can't see past tomorrow, but ask him to give you the joy and the hope. Ask him to give you understanding that surpasses 
everything. Peace that passes all understanding. He says he gives us peace. We find it in him. So you can walk through this season with confidence and joy, knowing that God will lead you. And that is my message for you today, because you are equipped to be strong. You are equipped to be brave. You are equipped to be a doer of God's word. Let's discover and develop the unique gifts and strengths that God has given you. And then let's put those into action for him and for your neighbor and for your community. This is an amazing time that we're living in. It's unprecedented. Be wise and discerning as you step forward. So thanks for joining me today. And I look forward to when we get together again. If you enjoyed this program, I ask that you please subscribe to this podcast at Equipped to Be. Tell your friends about it. And I'd love to have a review. I have learned, being an author of A Parenting Beyond the Rules, I have learned those reviews mean a lot. And I know I have to celebrate with you that this podcast started one week before the world changed, or two weeks before the world changed. It, it, the first episode was published. And in the midst of all of that, and still trying to make sense of everything, we're in the top 100 for parenting podcasts. And that's pretty humbling and amazing considering the craziness and upheaval that we have been in. So I thank you for that. I thank you for joining me and we'll talk again. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.